0: Another one of the great pitfalls of perfectionism is that it never it never leaves the building it never it never makes it out because you're just caught in that in that hamster wheel of perfectionism but even if you do get it manage to get it out, you will be confronted whether it's soon or later you will be confronted by something that you could not have you could not have planned for and then that can become such a that can be so crushing that can be so and and you can become so inflexible from trying to be perfect that you lose your ability to respond. This is Way of the Artist with Brandon Colby-Cook and Evan Schulte. Identifying your blocks and demystifying your struggles so that you can claim your own path and make your life a work of art. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Way of the Artist. We've got another conversation... As you would imagine, tuning into a podcast, (laughs) (laughs) that there's some words that are going to happen. So that's what we're going to do. This one, no apologies and no perfectionism. This one, I'm excited to get into this. This was a seed of a thought that I had on a walk this morning down the beach, feeling very meditative and just with my thoughts all of those things and I had this thought or this awareness I suppose about myself and and what I'm doing as a as a teacher and even as a podcaster and things like that and realized that there's this very subtle or maybe it's not so subtle to some people, <laughs> but this apologeticness that I sometimes have about the things that I do, you know, like, like pandering to people like, oh, please, please. Or, or yeah, like I'm somehow, just like that. yeah, just like that, <laughs> this, this kind of uh, meekness I suppose, maybe, I don't know, but this, this thing about, and I thought, why, why do I do that? Why do I feel that way or feel the need to have that kind of attitude and approach the things that I do with other people in that kind of way? I don't like that. I don't like that I'm doing that because I always try to, that the things that I do in my life are things that I, I believe in, and that I feel passionate about. I, trying to walk the walk of you know way of the artist as much as I possibly can and that doesn't mean that I'm perfect in that whole thing but that I don't want to apologize for that thing. So that's the origins of this conversation or at least where the seed was planted. So I'm excited to get into this and and this relationship I think between this apologetic and this perfectionistic, not a duality, but there's, there's something to it. So I'm just going to leave it there. Brandon, how do you want to, how do you want to open things up? Something that came up for me while you are talking
1: just there at the end was you're know, saying walking the way of the artist. And I thought, yeah, I mean, that's, that's so much about what we're talking about here is like you might not be walking the same path that everybody else is walking and so there isn't a clear obvious way to go all the time and so the tendency when when you're doing your own thing or doing something that's a little unique or different or uncommon is that you're whacking your way through the bushes of it a little bit and maybe somebody has already carved out a little bit of a path for you but that path isn't necessarily totally clear and totally well-defined. And, you know, if you were thinking about it in terms of nature, it hasn't been walked as much. And so it gets grown over. And so then you start to lose your way and you might be thinking, well, I've lost, I've lost the path. I've lost the course that I'm taking here. And, Maybe I just need to go back to where I started and, and, and go at it again. Meanwhile, you're actually on course. You may be walking down the path. And if you're off a little bit, maybe you're right next to it. Maybe you're not too far off. And maybe you've actually found a better way than the people before you found. But you're not trusting yourself. And so when I think about this talk, it's like, yeah, like, just because you're not walking the way that anyone else has before doesn't mean that it's wrong. Doesn't mean it's bad. It doesn't mean that it's not better because it very well might be. And I think the other thing is, you know, you don't need to apologize for the fact that you're doing something different or you're doing something that is just not common or what everyone else thinks you should do or whatever program is running in your mind about how you think it should look or how you should be. And I think there's a certain amount of, you know, we do, kind of apologize in this weird way. It's not like, cause you did an example earlier. You're like, Oh, so sorry. So, so-. Mm-hmm. this is not really like that. It's more like yeah. the subtle apology where it's like, you don't take your space. You don't take your space. You don't let your voice be heard. You don't do your thing fully. And that's the apology. That's kind of the apology that I'm identifying here where it's mm. like, you apologize by being smaller than you than you could be. It's just like I don't want to take up too much space. I don't want to make up too much noise. You know, I'm just gonna quietly do my thing over here. Where really, I think what we're trying to encourage a little bit, at least this is part of the conversation for me, is that yeah, go there and make some noise and take up some space. Like, like take your space and make your noise. Like, you you're allowed to, and and you should if you have good intention. You 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 need to. It's important yeah so that's kind of something i think we should get into as well
0: and and just what you were saying there gives me a another image or or metaphor where it's like i'm pulling my punches right that's what it it actually more feels it's like oh i'm pulling my punches right now right and there's no need for me to pull my punches you know i'm in the ring you know if you're if you're a boxer you can't pull your punches (laughs) you've got you've got to commit to your to to those things and and in and the travesty of it maybe that's too big of a word but we'll go with it the travesty of it is that those punches that's your passion those are your passions you're pulling you're pulling your passions with you're not taking your shot yeah you're not taking your shot you're not you're not giving people the fullness of what you have to give in that whole thing and that's i think what's so dangerous about about that apologetic thing of, of going out there with our passion. And I think that that's a big thing that a lot of artists struggle with. There's so many artists in different places where they do, they they tell you about what they do in this, in this almost apologetic way. It's like, Oh, you know, like they're a little bit embarrassed about it. You know, there's, there's, I would say that's the majority of artists that, that I've met and talked to in in my life. There's very few who I meet who don't have this this sense of almost embarrassment about what they do. And that's an interesting thing too that might be worth discussing, is why why is that? I have some ideas around what that might be about, but there could be a lot more to it than that. So... Why don't I just throw it out there? I'll throw out my theory. My theory is that the, li- the life of an artist taking on a life in an art. And I would like to extend this out as well for anybody who isn't necessarily an artist, but is somebody who is pursuing something that they're passionate about. Because that's really what it is. That's really what an artist is doing. They're committing to, to doing a passion. I think that there's this embarrassment around that whole thing because there's so much about that path that doesn't fit with what is conventional, right? It doesn't fit in with the, our attitudes of you work a nine to five job, you do something, you do something serious, you do something to make money you do the life of an artist flies in the face of a lot of those things and so we kind of respond to people who ask what we do with this with this sort of like oh oh uh you know I'm I'm, I'm an actor oh I'm a, I, I'm I'm a musician you know there's this there's this we don't own that thing because I think that there might be a fear that people won't take us seriously, right? That people, that people will find it funny and, and because there's a lot of these stigmas and because there's a, there are some truths to, to the starving artist, right? There's no, there's a lot of uncertainties that come with living that kind of life and i think that i remember one of well one of the biggest things that actors that just kills actors is when people ask them like oh what what have i seen you in what have you been in right anything that i would know those are those are things that people ask you and it feels it can feel like you're being interrogated right and like you have to justify and validate your decision for your life To some other person like you it's like you you're somehow on the the chopping block right and you've got to you've got to prove yourself to this person in this moment for what you're doing and that can be a very very tough thing to 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 own and stand by especially Mm -hmm. when things aren't necessarily going well in in a in a certain way right there could be all kinds of growth happening in terms of your your skill and your talent and things like that but you might not have these this resume that that to come with it just yet 10 years to an
1: overnight success kind of idea as well mm-hmm. you know, keep, yeah, that in yeah. mind. keep that in mind and maybe you know maybe in some cases maybe 20 who knows i mean it, you know it's uh It's a strange thing because when you start to go down a path that is your passion, you first of all, don't always know if it's going to work out period. And that is inevitably, I mean, you know, you're taking a risk because no matter what you're like, well, maybe this doesn't work out. And then I will spend this time, this energy, these resources, whatever on doing this. And first of all, I think if you are somebody who is taking a bet on yourself, And you're going to go after something, whether it works out or not, just right now, you should give yourself a pat on the back already, because that's a, that's a, that takes a lot, you know, that's a big deal. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for me, I look at it as like, I look at that as courage. I look at that as, is very exciting. I look at that as something as like, you know, I don't know if you're going to get what you want. I don't know if you're going to get where you want to go, By doing this, but I applaud you for betting on yourself because so many people don't and It would be amazing if if people could get a flash image of what it looks like when you don't bet on yourself Ever in life because that is a fucking horrible outcome It is so ugly. It is so fucking brutal. It's so much worse than failing I never tried and I lived my life until now. I have no purpose, no point, no anything. And you're just existing. Like if you can keep that in your mind, when you're thinking about those really hard days, when you're betting on yourself and you're not really sure if this is going to work out, but you're trying and you're, you're going for it. And maybe you're in class, maybe you're learning. And it could be in any type of artistic medium, any type of entrepreneurial medium, any type of thing. And you're trying and you're, and you're, you're doing, you're doing what you can to go for it. Remember what it looks like when you never take a chance on yourself and and you don't have to look far you can start to see it 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 is around sometimes i think people don't have it's not in their perceptual vision because this idea of just getting by of just existing of just living can become so normal to people that they think it's okay and when you raise your standards And you look at your life, because when you're a young person, here's the thing. When you're a young person, you have your whole life ahead of you. Everything is possibility. As you get older, the kind of naivety and the, the just things you can take for granted, they start to go away. And you start to get a little bit of reality data, which is good. It makes you grow up. It makes you mature. It actually makes you more grateful, more appreciative. There's a lot of great qualities that come out of it but it starts to go south after a little while. It starts to sour, it rots, and you rot. And so, you know, as you get older, like when you were younger, for example, I'm just going to go on a bit of a rift here, Evan. When you're younger, a lot of us, we can eat crap food. You can eat it, you can get by, you can go drinking all night, you could wake up the next day, go to work, you're fine. As you get older, that food you ate, that exercise you didn't do, those those things you you did, they they you start to feel them, you start to pay for them. And if you do that as a habit and it keeps going, it starts suddenly your body's going to start hurting your, your, you know, your, your muscles just atrophy quicker, your, your bones, you know, rattle a little more. Um, and so like, the thing is, is like it, it becomes all the more important for you to get on the ball about shit because otherwise it's, you know, you start to be a losing stock, you know? And so when you're young, if you're young, you know, and you're, you're trying some stuff out, I mean, congratulations, like this is life. Go try it out. That's my, Mm -hmm. that, that would be my, you know, opinion is just go and try some shit out, fail, fuck it up, mess it up, learn, you know, as you get older, you're going to have a lot of help because of those mistakes you made on knowing what you probably want to do and what you can do. And then you're going to be able to get more organized and more sorted out. If you're older and you kind of, we're too you're waiting, you know, maybe you don't have those mistakes and experiences, but like you have the age and the wisdom now to just be like, okay, like, you know, it's, it's the, the, the story's turning. It's time for me to turn the corner because either, either you do something about it or it takes you somewhere you don't want to go. And when you're older, the reason why I bring this up is because when you're older, that finally lands with you. It makes sense. When you're young, you can tell young people all day, "Hey, you should be doing squats every day. You should be, you should <laughs> be going on jogs. You should be eating well." They won't fucking do it, most of them. But when you start telling like people who are in their 30s, 40s, 50s, "Hey, you should start doing this stuff," they actually understand because they're they start to know, "Oh, yeah, these things I took for granted, I'm losing them." So if you're at that older age, you know, there's a tendency for people to be able to hear it when you're at the younger age. If you can hear it now, then you're wise beyond your years. You're ahead of the game because most young people can't. But, you know, I mean, anyway, I, I don't want to go too far off topic. My my point is, is like, if you're young, don't apologize for going and fucking off and going and trying something. And if you're older and you quit your job and you want to go do something else, don't apologize for that either, because it's your life and you're allowed to, you know, and when you go do it, go do it full out. Don't do it half assed, don't pull your punches, kinda of like Evan was saying. So yeah, man, I don't know. This is an exciting conversation. I mean, I feel like we <laughs> opened up a fucking like a whole lineup of, of these cans of monkeys or cans of worms, and we're just like, okay, hey, there they are. Let's uh let's sort this out. <laughs> well,
0: there's yeah, there's this big element of of living a life of passion, right? Which is yeah, you know, so much of of what I think we're about. There is something in what you said and it reminded me of this quote if uh, you'll indulge me which was from theodore roosevelt and he said far better it is to dare mighty things to win glorious triumphs even though checkered by failure than to rank with those timid spirits who neither enjoy much nor suffer much because they live in the gray twilight that knows neither victory nor defeat Yeah. I love that one. Yeah. It's it, to me, that's a quote about passion. That's about, you know, I said to dare, to dare mighty things and to experience triumphs, but though checkered by failure, right. Though checkered by defeats, it's a better life than to just not, just not do that thing. And We don't need to, the last thing we need to do is to apologize for pursuing that kind of life. I mean, if anything, we should own it and celebrate it because of how it really is daring. It really is, requires a lot of courage to do it. This was something that I was just thinking about actually with my my students my my latest you know round of, of acting students right now is uh, it really struck me in a in a new way or sometimes it's it's just like a reminder to me that I go wow here's a group of people who are going who are going after this thing who are going after this this passion this this really deep curiosity In their life and it comes with all of these uncertainties it comes with all of this baggage and this kind of scrutiny as well and that's that's probably me what I was trying to say before as well is is that there is a kind of scrutiny that you face as as an artist right there is this kind of judgment not always but it it does happen and that's tough that's challenging but you do it anyway like that's why i think you hear all these these sentiments from not just just actors and but lots of other artists who say things like you've got to be a little bit insane to do this you've got to you've got to have a few screws loose you've got (laughs) to like there's for you to to decide to do this and it's there there's a a beautiful there's a beautiful message and and humor and wisdom to all of that but it speaks to the amount of of courage i think as well i think it's just funnier and easier in some ways to to say like yeah you got to be a little bit crazy but really it's like you've got to be a little bit courageous yeah i think is actually really what what that that sentiment is is saying because it is such a, a a scary thing, a scary thing to do. So maybe we should uh f- try and circle this one back around a little bit. I, I enjoyed this little this little Yeah. Well, let me say one we've thing we've explored.
1: Let me say one thing as we make our way back to the point. <laughs> I also you said don't apologize if you're going out there and taking taking a chance or you've gone out there and done that. I also say don't apologize if you haven't, if you've played it safe and been conservative. You know, I, I think about some of the people I've met in my journey. And, you know, it's people who had kids when they were like teenagers or they were young. And they're like, I to gotta take care of my kid. I, I got to be responsible. Yeah. I got to get a job. I got to sort this shit out. I got to grow up real quick. You know what? You didn't have time to take a risk on yourself that way because you had other things And and good on you for taking care of that. You know what I mean? And, and doing that. And you built skills that a lot of people maybe don't build at that young age. And if you know, your kid's a little bit older now, things are a little bit more sorted. You've got some wisdom, some balance with that. Maybe now's when you take your shot. You know what I mean? And there's nothing wrong with that. Life doesn't work the same for everybody. And some people they get, you know, they they they're born into families where their parents like three years old, they're at a commercial, they got headshots, they got set up, you know, Uh, other people, you know, they didn't even have parents and, you know, like they're 18 or they're 30 or they're 60 and they're like, you know what? I think I want to try this acting thing out. (laughs) You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like who knows where you began? You know what I mean? And how you got there, you don't need to apologize for that. That was your life. That's what got you to this point today, you know? And so you're going for it. So, you know, as we're talking about this, you know, um, it's not perfect. Your life is not perfect and you don't need to apologize for that. You know what I mean? And that's, Mm -hmm. uh, I think that's really the point. Like it's, you know, there is a, there is sometimes this demand we have on ourselves where we go, I got to do this perfectly. But there's also this thing where we think we're so flawed or so damaged that we're not accepted. We're not enough. it's like, you don't have to be perfect. If you, if, you know, actually in some ways I would say the more flawed, the better, you know what I mean? In some mm-hmm. ways there's more, there's going to be more raw material, you know, I love it when a client comes to me and, and they're, uh, you know, a, a new client and they're like, yeah, you know, like this is my life. And it's just filled with the stuff that they're like, you know what? I'm like, that's going to be, that's going to be in your story. That's going to be in your movie. Those yeah. are, those are things that. The young person that has all the right education, the right encouragement, all that stuff, they don't have that stuff. And that's what you're going to use because that's your benefit, right? And it doesn't have to look perfect. You don't even know. It might be perfect. So we need to get our mind out of that whole idea of what we think perfect is as well.
0: Yeah, this this difference between our ideas of perfect versus recognizing the innate perfection of of the moment and of of our experience and all of these things because they do their our imperfect lives create all of these beautiful things and capacities and and make make so much of who we are and I think that a, a lot of what we have to give I often say to people that look at a Pain point in your life. And that has like one of the most painful things in your life that often has a lot to do with the place that you have the most to give, right? When you can speak to someone's pain in whatever way that you, that you have passion, when those things can meet, man, that's, that's a powerful thing. That's a very powerful thing. So it's, that imperfection becomes a perfection uh, in in a large way. There was something that occurs to me possibly about this perfectionism and this apologetic thing and this connection that, I let me say it, and you tell me what you think, Brandon, because this is like a, right. a hypothesis, this is a theory of some kind. I think that part of that that apologetic nature is actually the the consequence of trying to be perfect, of going for for perfection. Mm. Because in trying to be perfect, we can't be perfect. We are we have all of these things that are flawed, all of these things that haven't gone the way that we want them to to go. And so in that pursuit of trying to be perfect and knowing that we don't actually live up to that, we have this, it's almost like we have this apologetic nature to to make up for that whole thing. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, I agree with that. I Actually, that makes a lot of sense to me. I, I think that there's a certain amount of, we apologize because we're not perfect and we can never be perfect. And then that keeps you in this stage of apology because you're like, yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It'll be better. I, you know, or like maybe the other side of this, something that kind of spurred on for me a little bit, at least I've seen myself doing it this way. If I'm perfect, then they, then there's no like chink in the armor. There's no vulnerable spot, right? There's no weakness. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes when I get caught in perfectionism, it's just me trying to like, I'm trying to plan for everything that could possibly go wrong. And you, you, you patch this hole and patch that hole potentially or whatever. And then all of a sudden you're like 10 more rise and you're like, well, I'll take care of those. And then you do those 10 and then some, some more appear and they just keeps going. And then as you learn, you just see more and more little vulnerabilities and weaknesses and things in your game or what you're building or whatever. And it, and I think at a certain point, you just have to be like, okay, like, you know what, like, this is never going to be everything. It needs to just, you know, and, and you got to think about it too. This is a thing I find I lose perspective on. So maybe others can relate. But when I start with something, what I think I'm trying to do is usually so simple. But as I get into it, I'm like, but I'm actually trying to do this, this, and this. And it's like, and then this, and this, and this. And there's all this stuff I'm trying to do. And I could equate it to like giving you a metaphor where it's like, look, I'm just driving from here to there, or I'm sailing from here to there or whatever it might be. And you're like, I just need a sailboat so I can go do this. And it's like, great. Okay. But I need to learn how to sail. Okay. Rightfully so. Okay. I need to plan and get some food. Okay. You probably need that. Okay. Some provisions, some food, got the sailboat, learned how to sail. Now it's like but now I need to be storm prepared. Now I need to be this prepared. It's like how, okay. Yeah, you might hit a storm, but how storm prepared do you need to be? And blah, blah, blah. blah. And eventually like, you're just like, wait a minute, this was a sailing trip that was supposed to take three hours (laughs) from here to there. And you're learning how to be a professional sailor that could like sail, like, you know, commercially, you know what I mean? Like there needs to be a point where you go, what am I really trying to do here? Like, is this do I really need to do all of this to like, you know, and I feel like that's how perfectionism sneaks up on you. It's this, like, you just, it just, it's an endless thing. And it's Mm -hmm. just, it, it keeps you in that state of failure to launch indefinitely. I know it does for me with certain things. So I, 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 am sure there's some other people out there that are like, yeah, yeah, that's me too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I get that. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm glad I may have stumbled upon uh, something. (laughs) there (laughs) that uh, that people can find of use there was something there was something that you said that I thought could have been a very good thread for us to pull on it'll come back it'll come back I'm sure it will come back
1: well it's a good theory that you presented because I think there's a there's a lot of accuracy to that and uh You know, I'll just say that this, this thing, I I think what's interesting about this whole conversation, like how we kind of got into this and what we're talking about, what I'm finding interesting is I've never really thought about the relationship between apologies and perfectionism and how they're so closely symbiotic. Like I never really thought about that until today. And I'm like, yeah, like when, when you don't need to be perfect, you don't need to apologize. Yeah, and yeah. if you apologize, were you expecting yourself to be somehow perfect? You know, because if you're apologizing, like, you know, there's two types of apologies in this scenario that I'm bringing up. There may be, there's more, but like just for the sake of this argument, there's the apology, like, oops, I made an error. I caused damage. I hurt you. I did this thing. Sorry. I apologize. My bad, my mistake. Okay. I'm taking accountability. I acknowledge that I made the mistake. We all know it's out in the open. Let's move on, right? There's that type of apology. It was probably healthy, good apology. But there's this other apology, which is like, "I'm sorry, I didn't cause any damage to anybody. (laughs) I'm just sorry I'm not perfect." (laughs) Yeah, and it's like you didn't, you didn't, never had to be, so you don't need to apologize. Like no, no one expected that, you know?
0: Yeah, there's like there's little things. On the way that certainly there there are mistakes and that you might apologize for but to apologize for the path that you've chosen that's a path of passion which is another way of saying that it's a path of love that you have chosen to apologize for that is insane to apologize for that is absolutely insane and nobody should be apologizing for that not not for that thing that comes from deep within you from whatever you want to call that your soul your spirit your innermost self however whatever whatever way is is most conducive and least offensive to you uh <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the thing one thing that the thing that i was that i that had occurred to me in what you were saying thank you for Thank you for filling in the gap, Brandon, is that if you were perfect, you wouldn't be human, Mm. which is, I think true, Mm. (laughs) but if, because if I really think about that and this pursuit of perfection and trying to be perfect is an insane thing to do, not only because it's not possible, but because if it were actually possible if we just try something on for a second here, imagine that there was a perfect human being that was just perfect in every single way that you could possibly imagine. They never make mistakes. Things always go in, in the direction they want things to go. They basically have everything that they want all the time. That person wouldn't be human anymore like that's so much of what makes us human beings is our is, is our flaws is our fallibility so in many ways you would become useless to the rest of society in a kind of way because you wouldn't you wouldn't even know how to relate to people you because you you wouldn't understand People struggle. You would be a kind of psychopath when I think about it. <laughs> you, well, would yeah, be, it sounds, you would it sounds be a, a lot type like of psychopath. Narcissists
1: often think that they are unflawed, right? Like the and people with NPD, narcissistic personality mm-hmm. disorder, they often think that they're unflawed, and it's um, it's actually a major gap in their perception of reality because they don't they don't see where they're flawed they don't see where they're making error and how would you ever fix something if you didn't think you did anything that ever needed fixing if you just thought you were born perfect i am perfect the world revolves around me i'm so great um you know and all these other people like they're they're the ones with issues that is a that's a sign of not only being like lacking a huge amount of like self-awareness you're like lacking it but usually people who Um, are flawed. We don't always realize all our flaws either. Like we don't, We sometimes we don't even see them as flaws. Other people see them as flaws and we see them as benefits. You know, like there's all sorts of things like that. Like you can have someone who's smaller and they think, I I like being smaller or somebody who's taller and they like being that way. Whereas another person goes, oh, I'd hate to be that tall or I'd hate to be that short or I'd hate to be, you know, whatever that way. But it doesn't matter because it's all about how you interpret it. And, you know, it's perspective because, you know, the other thing too is you become normalized to your situation. There's a saying I heard a very long time ago, which was if you gave up all your flaws and took someone else's, you would immediately want yours back
0: mm.
1: <laughs> because you'd, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't be comfortable with all of their flaws and their, and their things that are holding them back, right? So you, they've become comfortable with them. They've normalized them. They've figured out how to do life with them. You haven't, but you figured out how to do life with your flaws, you know, and, and those you've become somewhat comfortable with. So, uh, you know, there's something about, about that too. Right. Is like, I think, you know, it's actually now that we're kind of going down this line a little bit, Evan comparison seems to be a, something that's coming up for me with this whole talk too. Mm. Comparing, like I'm apologizing. Cause I'm not the same as this person or I don't add up to that person or whatever. And, um, also, perfectionism is that that person's perfect. And I'm not, and this is why I'm not, because I'm comparing myself to that person. And I feel like those two things can show up with comparison as well. And they can, mm. they can come back as like daggers at us. Right. And that's why comparison, we have to be very, very careful not to, you know, give into it. And it's can be seductive, you know, because we look at that person and go, oh, man, they seem so great. they They have what I think I want. And then we start to compare ourselves. Well, I'm not like that and I'll never have what I want because they have it and I don't and blah, 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 whatever. And the story and the narrative can build. Right. Um, but you know, it's, it's, it's something about, you know, there's some people are strong. Some people are fast. Some people are smart. Some people are more creative. Some people are more whatever savvy over here, social, whatever. We all have different traits and we have different things. So when you try to compare yourself to someone, you know, you're only comparing yourself to something that maybe you feel you're lacking in, but not really being aware of what they struggle with on a daily basis because
0: you probably don't know. Mm -hmm. Hey everybody, this is Evan, and this episode is brought to you by my book. Yes, I recently released a book called The Actor's Awakening, Connecting Spirituality to Craft. Expand yourself as an actor and your craft through a spiritual perspective. Take a journey that will explore universal philosophies and insights to help you understand human nature in a profound way and develop practices to take your work to another level. Again, that's The Actor's Awakening, connecting spirituality to craft, available on Kindle and paperback on Amazon. And as always, if you like the show, please subscribe. Comparison is a nasty one. It's a very nasty one. And I've heard a lot said about comparison and... A lot of the oldest wisdom traditions as well that have existed have, have warned about that as well. Like don't don't compare don't compare your life with with another person's. Like your life is your life is sacred in a in a way of hopefully nobody's too offended by that one. But <laughs> your life is, is sacred in in a sense it and I think that's a, a large part of what's underneath this podcast, to a large degree, as well. It's like your we talk about your path is your own. Another way of saying that is your life is sacred. There, there. Those are kind of the same things, I think. When you really, when you really think about it, I was reading an article a little while back because I think it was Denmark that was voted again, or, or as part of a study. Denmark was found to be the happiest country in the world. And this is not the first time Denmark continually comes up as the happiest people in any country. And this person wrote this article who who was Danish or is Danish and described the major cultural things that they've observed in terms of how people are in that country the the cultural attitudes and one of the big things was we don't really compare ourselves with other people and there's a kind of simplicity to that 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 brings and this author had shared a few things like one of one of the biggest billionaires in Denmark or something takes the takes the public train (laughs) like with everybody else you know like there's no they're not driving around in fancy cars everywhere that they go it's just like they're just with everybody all the time and and nobody's really looking over their shoulder at at the next person but yeah comparison is i've heard described as one of the greatest ways that you can dishonor yourself it's a it's a dishonor to yourself to compare yourself to to somebody else and i think that that i think that that's true Mm -hmm. i i think that it's also doesn't go far enough it's such a it's such a superficial thing that that leads to it's
1: exactly what i was thinking Mm -hmm. it's very superficial it's very surface and even when you know somebody really well or at least you think you do and you get in comparison you don't know you just you don't there's like a whole world going on in somebody that you'll never know and I wish this was kind of a lesson that we learned when we were young where we more and maybe this is a north american thing i don't really know but like where we were educated in an early stage to be like get to know somebody with the understanding that this is a lifelong process it's not like oh i i've gotten to know them like i know them now like no if you get married to somebody like you if you have enough curiosity and enough interest and you're and you're aware you could get to know them for the rest of your life and you will never know them fully because Mm -hmm. you would have to literally ask them and get them to, to express it on so many levels, every single word of the English language, if that's the language you spoke, just to start to get a grasp. Because I love using this example. If I say the word mother, we all know what I mean. But what do I mean? Like, what is mother to you? What does mother mean? What does it feel like? You know? And what do you think about it? You have positive, negative, you know. um, There's all sorts of different relationships. That's one word of so many different words out there, right? And like, people, they live together for decades, and they don't know really the truth of a lot of things about that person and the emotional depth. is is like, I think it also, you know, there's something that comes up for me now as we're talking about this. And I'm just thinking about it as like care because perfectionism to me has a lot to do with care, but sometimes misguided. So what I mean is that like, oh, but I really care about this. I want to make sure it's great. I want to make sure it's awesome. Mm -hmm. And there's a certain amount of that that's good. And then there's a certain amount of that, like, you don't need to care about that. Stop caring. Like, don't like. There's a book I love that, uh, you know, the subtle art of not giving a fuck. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. you have and the first things he says that I just remember this so well is like you'll only have so many fucks to give. Mm. <laughs> and I was like, honestly, just choose the fucks that you want to give. Choose what you're going to care about, and then you have to let the rest go. And I think perfectionism is about caring about too many things. It's getting caught up about too many things and making too many things matter. And uh, you know, at a certain point, you know, you have to be like, okay, hey, well, this is what matters to me. And this is what I think matters to other people. And this is what I think matters in general. And I'm going to focus on that. And these other things, if something else matters, and I'm not aware of it, I'll become aware of it. And then I'll deal with it then. But like, preemptively, you're just not going to know, you know, you're not going to know, like, what, what is the most important thing, aside from the most important things that you already know, right? And like, when you get to know somebody, like when you're dating, like, for example, I'm just kind of going on when you when you begin to date, you might care about things like, you know, am I attracted to this person? Are they fun to be around? You know, blah, 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 blah. But then later, you might be thinking, like, are they good with kids? Are they good with animals? Like, are they responsible with their money? You know, on first day, you just didn't give a shit about because none of that stuff mattered. But now as you're getting more serious, now different stuff matters and like, evolve with the process of the relationship. Don't you know, don't make it, like, day one. Is this wife or husband material? You yeah. know, like, who knows? Like, just have some fun. Like, see if you guys get along, and then we'll talk about that later, <laughs> you
0: know? Yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> one of those those classic tropes, jokes, yeah. whatever, about how you scare somebody off is 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 asking those things too, too soon. It's like, I don't even know if I like you as a human being yet. I don't even know if we can carry on a decent conversation in the moment right now. Right. You yeah. can't even think about those things yet. You can't. You can't even no. think about those things. It's not there's no point. It's a pointless exercise to think about those things at that at that moment in time. Mm-hmm. Right. And even if you are thinking about them, you gotta you, you gotta put that on the back burner. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's not right? a
0: priority right now. In this no, moment. It's not. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And I think that's something too, like with um, you know, for example, for people who maybe want to launch an artist career or an entrepreneurial career focus on what matters right now and then as you get the business going or you get your artistry career going then you'll figure out some of this other stuff later like you don't have to know everything day one you know like like you know how scary it is i like every actor i've ever met that I can think of I mean honestly Evan I don't think I can think of a certain actor a single actor that I've ever met that wasn't a little freaked out the first time they went to an acting class it's fucking <laughs> frightening you're just gonna show up and then you're gonna perform and you're like oh fuck like I hope I remember my lines <laughs> I'm like it's some shit right like you know what I mean it's nerve-wracking man and like you're just you're just there like like you don't need to worry about being the best actor in the world yet like you just need to You just need to you know just show up say your lines do whatever you need to do on day one you know if you've got a good teacher hopefully and like they can just guide you through the process and like
0: Mm -hmm. you know
1: ease you into this whole thing because you're you're about to enter a whole big world it's a it's you're about to dive into the ocean of a a very big thing here and like you're not going to be prepared for everything you just got to start day one you know um and and I think that's a really important uh, a part of this conversation is that our approach, you know, like a first date or a first acting class, whatever it might be, we need a certain amount of grace we got to give ourselves to just step into the room,
0: you know? What's presenting itself to me is that perfectionism is actually a protection for most of us. I think it's to protect us from getting hurt. We don't want to get hurt. So we try to be perfect. And that's something I can even look at in my own life. And of my own experiences, which is okay. I have to know exactly the right thing to say the exact right thing to do all of the right thing, all of the right steps before I do this, because otherwise I could get hurt if I don't do all these things. But the problem is, is that I think that the more you try to, you go for that perfection, you actually set yourself up for the most amount of hurt. Like you really set yourself, because everything now is just, you got so much riding on everything. Mm -hmm. You've got so much weight. You've you've tried to to cover all of these bases. And as we've said, not only in this podcast, but as we've, really touch on in many of our conversations is like that's just not possible Mm -hmm. it's not possible you can't plan and prepare for every thing that that could happen it's it's just it's a that's a pipe dream that you can that that's going to be a reality because i mean i can get into the I'll, i'll try and and say this as succinctly as possible but planning, when you're planning and preparing and trying to do that perfect thing, the only thing that you have to draw on is memory. The only thing you have to draw on is from the past, whether it's your past experience or the experiences of somebody else that you're, that you're learning from. But that's all you can prepare for. You can't prepare for the things that are coming, that you, that you don't know are coming. And there's always things that you don't know that are coming, (laughs) always things. And then that can be so, that can be so demoralizing when you've gone out and you're like, okay, I'm finally ready to do this. And hey, congratulations for, if you don't just get so stuck in perfectionism that you never, that you never do the thing, that you never put it out there, because that is another one of the. Great pitfalls of perfectionism is that it never it never leaves the building it never it never <laughs> makes it out because you're just caught in that in that hamster wheel of perfectionism but even if you do get it manage to get it out, you will be confronted whether it's soon or later you will be confronted by something that you could not have you could not have planned for and then that can become such a that can be so crushing that can be so and and you can become so inflexible from trying to be perfect that you lose your ability to respond Mm -hmm. to the thing because all you can think of is like oh no this happened i i i wasn't ready for this i didn't plan for this i'm so stupid i should have known i should have seen this you know that 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 whole spiral can just derail the whole thing and so i think that that's that's another part of this is it's like you're trying to protect yourself from from getting hurt but you're actually setting yourself up for so much more hurt rather than okay plan, prepare, consider. This was one thing that I remember reading from one of Dan Millman's books because perfectionism is something that I definitely know that I deal with and still deal with. And I think that it's something that probably I'm going to say a majority of people deal with it in, in varying degrees. And the way that Dan framed it or tried to add perspective to it is if you're a perfectionist see it as understand that there's no perfection that you can never achieve that but that there is an innate perfection to all things but also that that as you said care right because you can that's another great way of saying it's like the care that care that you have for this thing just see it as being that extra touch like that you're putting that you have uh, an that extra touch that gives whatever you do a, a little a little something more than what people might expect right but it's it's not about trying to have something so absolutely nailed down but just understand that understand it as that deep level of care but let the idea of perfection go, right? Mm. And eventually let, put your stuff out there and, and <clears throat> then see what happens, right? Yeah. And, and get, the, get the response, get the feedback and, and see what doesn't work, see what works and trying to enjoy that process right because that's just the next you know putting the thing out there is just one step in the process you know it's it's ongoing it keeps it keeps on going you're just in another in another process now with whatever it is and and you'll learn and grow and you don't need to be perfect and you don't need to make apologies for it as we've mm-hmm. been saying
1: yeah we are, so you know what I'm hearing is we're As you're talking there, I think with those of us who are a little bit, we catch ourselves like being perfectionists because there are people out there who they're like, you know, I don't relate. I don't care. I just do it and I go (laughs) for it. Like there are the people like that. And you know what? Yeah. I kind of admire them. Although I do think they have the fault sometimes of uh, sometimes they have the shoddy work that they let be acceptable where it's like really like really you could have done better. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I do admire the quality of like, you know what? I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to go for it. I'm going to do it, whatever. And I think like for myself, there is a little bit of both because I am a true believer in that you need to learn by doing and by making mistakes. So I'm willing to, to try and fail and mess up. But then there's another part of me that's very much like, okay, I kind of know what I'm doing now. So you need to get your shit together and you need to do this well. And, and there's this bridge i cross with everything i do whereas when i start i tend to be a little bit more like let's just go for it but then as i learn that craft or that skill a little bit more i i find myself more in the perfectionist zone where i i just touch it up until it's like too much and then i just can't let it go because i've touched it up too much so i do find myself in both parties to some degree maybe some people um find themselves you know, more in one or more in the other, just in general. But something that I'm thinking about as we're going through this was, I'm losing my thought a little bit, honestly, Evan, because I was pointing Mm -hmm. that out. And uh, yes, this is it. So where perfectionism becomes effective and where it becomes ineffective. I've done this thing. Let me take a few extra moments to think about it and just touch it up a little bit. Because maybe I can make this a little bit better. Maybe I've rushed it a little bit. And maybe taking a moment, you know, you know, that could be in time just to think about it, just to process what I've created here, you know, instead of just being like, okay, like, just get it out there. Like, I noticed this with early on in my writing career. If I wrote a first draft, I was so excited about it. I'm like, everybody read it. <laughs> now, I'm much more like, let me do a redraft. Let me take a day at least to think about this but probably a week and let's just ruminate a little bit about what i wrote now and like maybe we'll we'll do two more drafts i'll clean up the like for one i'll clean up the spelling and the grammar if there's anything wrong there like that's an easy fix i don't have to think about it that's the first thing i do and let me just do a quick little run through of this story over the next week like do the characters are they all sound? Is the story solid? Are there any plot holes? You know, like, and let's just make sure all of that's there. And if I've, if it's gone through those two phases, then I'll start to share it with someone if it's acceptable. Mm -hmm. So that little extra touch is good. But if I wait till draft 10, that might be too long. Cause you know, the feedback that I could have gotten on draft three or four would have been way better for me for the next several drafts I did before I, perfected the draft. And then I've done 10 drafts and now I got to do the notes that everybody's incorporated. And I'm going, Oh yeah, I didn't think about that. I didn't think about this. Right. So that would have been much better to get done earlier. And people still would have found the script acceptable to read. So, you know, I think there's a point of, I like how you just to, to summarize this, just taking that extra touch, that little bit of extra time is healthy perfectionism but Mm -hmm. you need to find like a line where it's like, this is too much time, too many extra touches. I'm messing with it too much now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's that question of balance and anything that you, you can do, you can overdo and you can underdo. And I think that that's something that you've brought into this picture as well is that, you know, on the flip side, there can be the people who just, dive in and, and there is something that I really truly admire about that and I think in general I I don't know this for certain but I think in general people who are of that attitude of like well let's just do it let's just put it out there, see, see what see what happens kind of a thing generally have more success than people who who just take way too much time right but with that said i know people as well who 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 rush things and then the the sort of vision of what they had in mind doesn't doesn't come together because there were there were maybe some fairly obvious things that could have been (laughs) could have been addressed had you just taken that that extra second and i think that you know, anyone listening to this, you probably know which side of the spectrum that you fall on, on this thing. You know, we probably know who we are when it comes to, to this, this kind of thing. We're like, oh yeah, I am. I'm totally that person who just takes forever to do things. I'm always, I'm fussing over every tiny little detail, trying to get everything right. And then there's the person who's out there. who's like, oh yeah, no, I, I just jump in head first. Sometimes I don't even look what's over the edge and I've you know sometimes it's worked, yeah. and sometimes it's just it's really blown up in my face and yeah. usually, when it comes to finding that balance, it just it means that you have to you really actually have to make a concentrated effort to do the opposite and this was something I also learned from Dan milman uh, in one of his books, The Laws of Spirit, when he talks about Finding balance and how to find balance is you've got is that you've got to swing too far in the other direction intentionally because you'll usually have the tendency to underswing to correct course right that will be your thing you'll to to understeer to in in your correction so you've got to like really try to like go too far back in the other direction so if you're one of those people who just t- who isn't caught in that perfectionism then try to do something. Try to, to do that next thing by steering too far, in, what feels uncomfortably too far in the other direction for you. Which is Yeah, like, maybe okay. not, not uncomfortably, but like
1: unnecessary. Like, like it doesn't, because I think a lot of times when people understeer, they don't think it's necessary. And like do more yeah. than what you think is necessary. Like go go overboard with it. Something I learned in driving yeah. was like if you're going to do a U-turn, turn your wheel as hard as it will possibly go all the way in the beginning because you can always let the wheel go but you'll know you'll make the tightest turn you possibly can and a lot of people Mm. they screw up on u-turns because they only turn it halfway and they're like oh i've i've you know and then i have to back up and have to do all that crap right turn your wheel as hard as you can in the beginning and then release Mm. that as you as you make the turn and i think what we're talking about here is this is a good example of like Go harder at it in the beginning, but release a little of the tension if, if you can, as you find yourself in the turn or in the shift or whatever you want well, to call it. yeah, that's
0: yeah. the, that's the thing. And the logic is that you have to oversteer so that you actually find the cent- your center. Yes. Right. You actually, so that you can actually find that, that happy place where right. you where pass you... the line so you can find where the line is. So yes. Go, oh, there
1: was the but... line. Oh, I passed it. Okay. I come back a little
0: yeah exactly that's exactly what it is but yeah you have to go past the line wherever that line is in your head so that you you know where it is because because at this stage you don't know where that line is because because most of us were so locked into our usual pattern of things that we we just don't even know what that thing feels like what it looks like so you've if you're that perfectionist just try putting that thing out there that Maybe mm. just has a few more rough edges on it than than you would normally do it, or maybe you 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 give yourself a shorter timeline than you normally give yourself if you're a timeline person right 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 that it's, way it'll push you yeah to not that way it be able pushes you forever. right yeah and and commit to it where it's like okay, normally you would take a month to do this thing right what if you what if you have that time what if you what if you made it even less. What if you said a week? You have a week and put it out and you have and you have no choice. You have no choice. You you have to do it. Don't let yourself off the hook. And just see what happens. Right? See what happens if you if you give yourself that kind of challenge and you might discover where that line of balance is and say, Oh, wow, actually this is a better way for me to work because, you know, I still actually do a very good job with this. I most of of my my strongest skills and and where I have my greatest strengths are showing up here. Uh, but now that it's like out sooner, I'm actually more quickly quickly able to uh address real world real world responses and things that happen and and I'm actually getting it to a better place sooner than I would have before. You might just find that that it actually speeds up your process in the long run. So I don't know. Yeah. Uh, oh man, well, you know and, there's a
1: And on the flip gonna, side, yeah, I was yeah. I was just going
0: to say and on the flip side of things too if you're that person who I mean, we're not focusing so much on that side of it because we're talking about perfectionists here more so on perfectionism. But if you're on that flip side of things where you just rush into things, force yourself to slow down and really spend some time, maybe do some, maybe do some writing, some organization in your mind, you know, like, like think about some of these things, take, take some extra time before you, you, you push that, that thing out. And you might discover that, oh, Hey, this is great. I actually, uh, am better able to respond to, to some problems that now that have come along the way or better able to answer some things, uh, than, than I normally am. And I'm not caught flat-footed with things that I don't need to be flat-footed on type of a thing. So that you have a stronger base, you have a stronger foundation, which, Mm. you know, is really, really where, where I'm at with, with planning and, and what are you trying to do with, with your planning and preparation with anything that you're doing is you've got to have your foundation. You just have to have. You just have to have enough to create that that starting out point, that jumping off point. And that's really, I think, all you. For me, that's really all I need. Is like, I just need that jumping off point. Because if I if I get too perfectionistic, if I try and get too complicated, then that's when I really find myself in the weeds. I get I I'm overwhelmed, and I and I. I can't take action on things anymore. So anyhow, uh, Brandon, what were you, what were you going to say?
1: Okay. There's just one, one thing that kind of came up where we were talking about this is uh, hitting the mark. So I think like the perfectionist, they want to hit the bullseye all the time. They always want to like hit it right spot on. And I think that if you find yourself in that perfectionist kind of mentality, or that's what you're struggling with, or that's how you're doing something Look at it in terms of, like, let me, like, if I hit the mark, great. If I hit the mark, if I hit the target, if I hit the the bullseye spot, the perfect pinnacle spot that I could hit, awesome. But let me try to get this thing as close as I can to the target as it possibly can. And look at more of a victory of, like, did I hit the target? And then you look at it, where in this target did I hit? And then you can adjust closer to the bullseye from that first hit so the perfectionist is trying so hard to make sure that they get that first shot right on the bullseye that they just never take the shot you know what i mean and then the person that's just being too willy-nilly they don't even hit the target and then you don't even know what you don't even know where your shot went because you totally missed everything you know what i mean so it's like a middle ground i think that the time to you know in in uh to, to, to shoot the bow or, or, uh, pull the trigger or, you know, slap the puck, whatever analogy you want to use is when you feel that you will at least hit the target. That's when you, that's when you take your shot, right? That's about the right time. And, and if, if you feel like you're closer to the bullseye then good, but if you're trying to hit that bullseye perfect on shot one, I think you need to like, and, and it has to be that, and you won't take the shot until you're absolutely certain That's too much perfectionism. That's a problem. You know, you need to, you need to see where you're landing. You need to see where you're hitting, right? So that you can kind of calibrate and, and work it out. And if you don't hit on the bullseye on your first shot, you don't need to apologize for that. Look at that as part of the, this is how I'm going to find the bullseye. So you don't need to apologize that for that, because like, that's what we're all doing. That's what we all need to do. And, you know, when you, when you play a sport with somebody and, and they hit the target uh, or they just do something really perfect on their first try and you're like, Hey, great job. It's like, everybody's like, wow, like, holy shit. Like you, you did the thing. Like, but like what great beginners luck, like everybody looks at it kind of like everybody's experience looks at it. Like what a wonderful thing you got, you got the thing, but like you don't expect that to happen every time afterwards. You kind of Mm -hmm. expect the new person to make flubs and mistakes and, you know, and whatever. But like, I remember when I first started golfing, like I hit the ball. Well, the first few times I'm like, Oh, this is great. Everybody's cheering me on. And then as I got into (laughs) golf, I started to learn what it was like to totally slice it or hit, miss hit the ball or top the ball or do a bunch of stuff. And it's like, okay, now I see what can go wrong. And then I started to work on my swing and perfect my, you know, my what club to choose, you know, and, and start to have the awareness of what to do. Right. So like, yeah. my point is, is that at first you really just got to do your best. But if you don't, if you have no idea what you're doing, maybe you're winging it too much, but like when you've gathered enough info, okay, let me give this a shot. Let me see how I fare. That's a good way to begin anything because I feel like there's a certain amount of, we're trying to be pros. We're trying to be perfect right off the bat. And that's, that's an error in what you're doing, right? Like it's okay that if this is your first time doing it, that you're not going to get it just right. You know, people take years to sometimes learn a skill that you're trying for the very first time or something. Right. So, um, and you don't need to apologize. I mean, I think the thing is, is like you look at it like a learning opportunity and A chance to refine and become better and that will help you to you know just get going because you got to get going right nothing really matters Mm -hmm. until you actually start doing the thing because it's all just theory land right otherwise so yeah Yeah. I, i don't know look man if you got anything else to say then then let's do it but i'm thinking we do beer we wrap this baby up and
0: uh i uh i'm with you i'm with you okay. i think that we've, we've uh, covered, we've covered some ground. good ground here all right well i'll, I'll go ahead i'll go first okay. i'm drinking now what is this actually called here i'm looking at this thing uh yukon brewing unplugged whatever that means Um uh, but it's new zealand hoppy pale ale a New Zealand hoppy pale ale. It's not actually from New Zealand. It's Yukon Brewing. But it's a what is this? Crisp, crushable, and chocka full of tropical hops. Fill your chili bins. <laughs> <laughs> and it's great. Awesome. It is it is really good. I'm I've been enjoying this. Like the first sip I had, I just went, oh yeah. That's uh that's got a very Moorish kind of kind of a taste to it so that's a winner nice i'm having one i don't think i've ever
1: had this before this is from Lilouette brewing company and it's called the western screech owl hazy pale ale and they have a little write-up actually so it inspired me to read this one this hazy pale ale is the first of our owl series we double dry hopped it with idaho gem and special hop blend called Lilouette shake which is grown right here in Fraser Canyon. Anyway, it's a, a tasty little beer. It's good. It's gone down uh, probably a little too quick, um, <laughs> but I always love a hazy pale ale. Big fan, um, and it holds up. It's good. So that
0: uh, was a nice beer for the for the show.
1: Nice. Well, 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 well. I don't know. Do you have final thoughts first, or shall I go?
0: I'll 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 start saying some words, and we'll okay, see. Say what, some words. We'll, we'll see what comes out of this one. <laughs> I mean, you know, there was two, two aspects to this conversation from the title, this thing about apologies and making, making apologies, not maybe necessarily literally making apologies, but being just apologetic about who we are and what we're doing, especially when we're doing something we're passionate about. And it's like, we shouldn't feel embarrassed about those things i think that's really where i want to come back to we spent a lot of time talking about this perfectionism and and that connection between the two of them is is very fascinating around the whole thing but so again remember that perfectionism perfection doesn't exist in your ideas of it it doesn't exist in your ideas of it but there is a kind of perfection that exists in the moment and in you as you are that thing is there and you don't need to make apologies for that thing and own that thing own all of those those parts of you because yeah no one should feel embarrassed i'm i'm going to work hard not to carry around any sense of embarrassment and and apology around the things that I do that I'm passionate about. Those, that's our, that's our love uh, in the world. And that's our love to the world when we, when we let ourselves express those things and, and take action on those things. So when you're acting from a place from that deep place of of yourself and and I humbly salute you if that's the life that you have chosen and and whatever stage that is maybe you're just coming to it now or maybe you've been doing it for a very long time I commend you for that courage So own that thing, learn how to say, this is who you are. This is what you do and don't flinch. Don't, don't pull your punches. As I was saying before with it, don't pull your punches. Don't pull your passions. That's your gift.
1: I hear that. That resonates with me. I personally, I appreciate that as well. Like just, you know, listening to you say that I think it's an important message. And I mean, I can do with hearing that as well, because yeah, there's, there's, there's always these things that come up and they just, yeah, for whatever reason, you know, I, I even find myself, I just get hung up on something. And I'm like, ah, you know, and I think that's one of the things about these talks we have, they can be kind of timeless because maybe you overcome it once in one area, but it comes up in another. And a lot of things I think are just about having kind of an approach to deal with stuff you know perfectionism comes up in multiple areas at different times in different ways in ways you don't expect and you know that's something where you just kind of got to remind yourself of is like you know this is this is day one this is the first time this is the beginning like let's just calibrate let's just you know we'll do our best we'll see where we're at like Like we've done enough work to prepare. Like we're going to hit the target most likely. And if we miss the target, we spend enough time to know we put in the work to try to hit the target that we're not just doing it willy-nilly, right? And we hit the bullseye and we hit the bullseye. You know, that's kind of like, but let's just call that good fortune. You know, let's call that like just everything aligned. It just kind of worked out. Um, And I think, uh, you know, going back to that Roosevelt quote, I think you said earlier, which is like checkered with, you know, Mistakes and and things like that that are made along the way, um, yeah. I think the perfectionism thing is like don't avoid those that checkered journey on your way to wherever you're going. You know, so I would say like expect it to be, expect it to have things that are going to go wrong and mistakes you're going to make and you know stuff like that, and and look at it kind of as par for the course, as opposed to like this thing that you're trying to avoid. So if I could kind of pass on anything to anybody, I would say like, you know, if you're, you're going down a path and you're trying to do something like expect that you're going to go off course a little bit, but maybe when you're off course, don't immediately assume that it's wrong or bad. Take a, take a little moment to be like, wait a minute, could I have gone a way that no one else has gone that's actually the right way, but I I got here by mistake. And I actually ended up in this kind of fortunate situation because of the mistake that I made. And so perfectionism kind of doesn't let you do that because, you know, this word we never talked about a lot, I think it also implies too much control. You have to let go of control a little bit here and there. And I think that is part of the artist's way, you know, or the way of the artist, right? It's like, you, you need to give a little bit of control up and open up to the idea that when things go, when the colors go outside the lines, that maybe it's better they went outside the lines this time and, and be open to that idea. And maybe it isn't, but maybe it is. And I think in that area, you know, is an exciting area where you can have the potential to find something new. And I think that's what this is all about.
0: Thank you for listening in on our conversation today. We hope you found something helpful that you can carry forward with you. Head over to our website, wayoftheartist.com, for more free exclusive material and learn about the show. If you haven't already, please support us by subscribing to the show, sharing it with people you know, and keeping compassionate, creative conversation going.